Welcome to Wearable Progression, from Quantified Self to Qualified Self, a podcast about all things wearables and running, hosted by Kinematics. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Wearable Progression, where we talk about all things wearables and technology. And we're here today with a really special guest, Ryan Vale, who is a U.S. champion, long-distance runner, and gosh, I think you're one of the most famous people we've had on the podcast to date, so <laughs> we're really excited. And of course, Paulo DeSanche, who is CEO of Kinematics. And this is actually the first podcast we've done in person and not via Skype. And we've got a video component that may or may not be used. I don't know. Yeah, We're... it is the first time. <laughs> it is really the first time. So let's see if it works so well. Like yeah, we'll ones. see. We'll see. So thanks, Ryan, for, for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me. So Great. why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started running and when you, I guess, realized you were going to start doing this as a career. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't come from a running family or athletic family. I actually found it through other sports. I was playing American football growing up. I was wrestling in high school, uh, playing soccer, baseball. And I went out for track just one year when I was 12 years old because all of my friends went out and uh, I just found I had a natural talent for it. Didn't really like the sport at all. I uh, didn't enjoy lining up on the track. I still enjoyed the other sports. But as I got older, I became much worse at those other sports. Uh, or I found <laughs> that I was, didn't have the body for football uh, or, or the speed for soccer or any of these other sports. So I started to develop a love for winning more than I did the sport at first. I just liked being good at something. Mm. And from there, when I got really into the grind of training, I started to fall in love with the sport. But it took several years for me to really dive into it and commit to it and get rid of the others for me to start to really enjoy the running process. No, I think being good at something is something that everybody strives to, to be, right? So that makes a ton of sense. And just a quick note for our, our listeners, we're doing this live from Eugene, Oregon, and we're all here for the Olympic trials. So therefore... We sound live. We sound like we're outside. That's because we are. So if any of you have had the joy of attending an Olympic trials, you you know how excited we all are to be here. And I know, Ryan, you wish you were, were participating uh, this year, but uh, next time for sure, right? 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that, about, you know, so you've been running and then you got injured and... How, how did that all happen? Yeah, I've had a great, uh, really, 10 years of progression, getting faster every year. I had 10 years of straight PRs under my coach, really gunning for 2016 for either the marathon trials or the, the 10K trials in the track in Eugene. And I just came down with sort of a, a streak of uh, bad luck with first a uh, navicular stress fracture mm. here a year ago It's uh, in Eugene during the 10K, and then coming back too fast twice in a row trying to prepare for the Olympic marathon trials, which are in February. So doing some high risk uh, training by just coming back really fast with high volume but I really thought I had to roll the dice and try it and unfortunately that took me out for this race as well mm. but I'm back on the mend I'm back to training things are looking up from here and I'm looking forward to really getting back on the roads this fall so that it's actually reminiscent of something that other people that we've talked to have mentioned around to be a good runner doesn't mean you always have to push hard and do too much right so what would be some of the lessons you learned from that whole experience around, because you mentioned you tried to push it too hard and then kind of made it worse, right? So what would be the lesson there? It's all about timing. I, I kind of felt like I was Iron Man for those 10 years. <laughs> I couldn't be hurt. Nothing ever happened. Right. But once one starts, you kind of get this waterfall effect where even if that particular boner muscle is fully recovered, the rest of your body's not ready mm. for that comeback. You might be mm -hmm. still very aerobically fit from cross training. That muscle or bone is healed. 
but the rest of your body's not prepared for how fit you are physically. And so just learning to take that much, much slower mm-hmm. uh, on the way back because uh, you just you feel so good so fast a month into it that you just there's no way this is going to happen again. Right. And it's something else gets hurt, not the original one right. uh, because of that. So I just really now learning to be patient and uh, not having to dial in. I don't need to be 100% full throttle all the time where I can't be right now. So really trying to have that patience has been a, a tough, tough learning lesson. But I think I've, I think I've got it dialed in for now. Good. I'm, I'm listening. I'm releasing Ryan, and I and one thing that is quite interesting is because in sports we always people that uh, an athlete builds with a very precise uh, interests in in one sport and, and very precise talents and and that's it. But uh, it's like any other profession. So most of us we we don't do what we dreamed when we were five six years old. And there is also a time that we are not experienced enough and everything goes quite okay. And after something wrong happens and we become wiser and, and more experienced and we um, don't think that it is the end of the world, but uh, at the end, at the end uh, that we can become again different and maybe stronger, mm-hmm. really and, nice. And smarter. Mm-hmm. And smarter, yes. Most importantly. So what are some of the things that you have been um, using, whether it be techniques, nutrition, technology? Uh, what has helped you in your rehab? I've been focusing a lot more on strength training. So I've always okay. been pretty good about doing lots of core and drills and things like that. But this time around, first of all, uh, turning 30, I'm not the youngest uh, on the circuit anymore. Certainly not the oldest either, mm-hmm. but something I need to start taking these details a little bit more seriously. And so especially in my downtime when I haven't been able to to run as much as I'd like. I've really been trying to put in a lot more in the weight room, actually, um, and really trying to load these muscles and bones as much as possible without the impact of running and to try to balance out whatever deficiencies that I've been generating while I've been hurt. Because even if you don't feel pain in that certain injury, just subconsciously you're, you're favoring certain sides or doing things differently, even if you don't realize you are. And so I'm really trying my best to strengthen both sides of my body and, and, and try to correct those deficiencies moving forward and as I ramp up my training mm-hmm. to keep a focus on that. So are there specific weight training exercises that as a runner you would focus on? Because, I mean, you walk into a gym and, I don't know, I think most people say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of arms, a little yeah. bit of this. So did you work with a coach or were there recommendations on... As a runner, these are the strength training exercises you need to do. Yeah, I worked with a, a strength coach in Portland, or awesome. I'm still working on uh, okay. with one in Portland that's been really helpful. So a lot of it's been on dynamic uh, lifting and, and lifting that's very specific to the running motion. Um, oh, okay. So lots of things where you're really uh, using your uh, hip flexors and glutes okay. in action. So if you're doing single leg squats while coming through a running motion or lunges uh, or runner's touches. So weight with motion mm-hmm. and uh, using uh, running motion on top of that. So to be very specific to what you're doing. Right. So it's not just about bulking up. It's about so strengthening uh, the motion itself. That's right. Yeah. So okay. it's another interesting point is that uh, people think that run is natural and we can run, but there is a lot of work behind it. Uh, even for a, a professional guy like you to keep improving to keep improving that change a little bit the, the idea that all of us can run well so it is necessary to, to get very well prepared like in all sports to, to, to do it, to do it in, in a proper way yeah you can always be more efficient or more proficient at something no matter who you are whether you're El Garouge or Gabe Selassie there are ways to be more efficient mm-hmm. uh, 
at whatever you're doing. No one's ever comes into this perfect. Right. And so here on Marble Progression, we do talk about technology because there's lots of different things being used, whether it be video, whether it be, you know, a treadmill with the force plate on it, uh, wearables, of course. Have you been using technology throughout your career for different things or, and are you using anything now? Uh, honestly, I've stuck mostly just to a GPS watch when necessary right. and that's been very minimal uh, on that. Mm -hmm. My coaches uh, in high school and college were really quite basic on just run for time uh, on effort or run on the on the track or something like that. So just when I started really marathon training and measuring out routes that I needed the speed for in places I wasn't familiar with, I hadn't really done a lot in technology until really okay. the last few years where I'm trying to lean on that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And do you see that as a trend in the industry in general? Do you find more and more runners are turning to technology? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With the athletes I'm coaching as well, uh, I don't think I have anyone left that's not using some kind of wearable at this point. Really? Uh, it just makes life so much easier in terms of whether you're just recording data or learning what other runners are doing or getting tips on uh, whether it's uh, workouts or strength or anything like mm -hmm. that. It just makes it so much more accessible, especially when it's not your job, when you have other things going on. It's, uh, it just makes your days and, and your training so much easier. Has there been anything surprising that you've discovered, especially in your coaching, like with the athletes you're working with? Has anything surprised you? Um, surprised, not really. I, su I suppose one concern is always becoming too dependent on these things right? right you still need to learn to run and you still need to learn effort and and your body's ability so it's not certainly not a fix-all mm -hmm. um, for anything so using it as a supplemental tool as opposed to leaning on it for every every aspect of your run right you should still be able to run without it if you had to and i feel like some people are at a stage where that's not possible they won't go out <laughs> the door if their garment's is not charged uh-oh <laughs> yeah that, that's certainly not the the intent right it, we're not we don't want to keep anybody from from no, it should be a, uh, it should their... be a very useful tool and it can be right. but it shouldn't be the end all be all you should yeah. still be able to go out and run and it should be supplemental not supplemental exactly uh, yeah so technology evolves super fast right so every six months there's something new and in two three years what would you love to see as far as technology is concerned whether it be a wearable, whether it be, I don't know, something else could be the tape could be, you know, yeah. that's considered technology too, right? Some of the things that people put on their bodies. Sure. I what think would you like to see? integration really just simplicity in terms of having everything you need in one product. I think that's where it can be difficult now with people bouncing around either between apps and watches and, and where you're logging your runs might be a totally different program or app. And then if you're sharing that on social media, so integration, having everything sort of uh, in your hands at once where, you buy one thing, you use that for all the needs, mm -hmm. still as a supplement, but just uh, not having to bounce around to 10 different places. No, I, I think that is something that is a challenge for even right now, right? Yeah. There's so many technologies on the market that people are confused on which one should I use and what's going to be the best one for me. And there's things that you wear on different parts of your body and they don't talk to each other. So yeah, simplicity, I think, is going to be a big one. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, the market, is, as you said, it is evolving, so it's not matured yet. Yeah. So the wearables market is um, is a little bit far from being mature. Um, it takes a while, like happened, for example, with mobile phones. Um, but when you are monitoring uh, the body of someone, each part is different and, and, and implies some different technological approaches. And I think this will be always a barrier because is um, 
there is a, a, a price point mm -hmm. that you need to respect. Mm -hmm. uh, technically, there is no challenge, it can be done. The problem is that you can do something that is simple, like Ryan said, but also affordable. Right. Yeah, because not everybody can afford what's being done in a lab, right? Because there's a lot of advanced things being done in a lab, but yeah, who has access to a lab these you see, days, right? If you yeah. see the business model of the labs, they invest on the, on the equipments and in the devices, and mm -hmm. after they they sell you hour by hour or, 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 or the time that, they, uh, that you are going to use. The thing is, or the difficulty is to build a device that is quite complete, or a system that is quite complete, and keep the, mm -hmm. the point, uh, price point of the low. price yeah. of the price uh, affordable. Yep. So, so what's next for you? What's on the horizon? Uh, I'm going to do a fall marathon. Hasn't uh, been fully decided yet, but I want to give myself some time. So definitely more the October November time range, so I can keep uh, being patient right now with what I've been doing and still implement my strength and not feel too rushed back. But I feel like come the mid to late fall, I think I can be back to 100% even at the rate that I'm going right now. Um, so focus on that and maybe a half marathon tune-up race in between in okay. September. I'm really hoping to do a, a half in uh, Czech Republic in uh, mid-September. Awesome. The, they've got a great one there called Usti. It's a gold label race. Nice. Um, so it should be, uh, that'd be kind of a, a nice to go back to my second home in Czech Republic and, and that'll be my first race after a while. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. And I'm sure we can expect to see an update on that on your blog. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so we'll be including the, a link to your blog in our show notes so that uh, our listeners can follow along as well. And so one last question, if you had to give advice to a fellow, you know, maybe a, somebody who is just starting to run or maybe somebody who is into it for a little bit, but maybe experiencing some, some challenges, what would be some advice that you would give? mix it up you know you really have to enjoy what you're doing so even if you get locked into a training plan don't think that you have to do that on a bike path or around the track go somewhere where you like running um, if you're not enjoying it you're going to give up and quit at some point mm -hmm. so get out see some scenery get outdoors get off that treadmill um, and just enjoy it i think that's excellent advice we actually talked to another guest in germany who said that he runs for the scenery like, yeah, that's just one of the biggest reasons he goes out just, just to see beautiful things. So Absolutely. I think yeah. it's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Um, well, with that, I think we've reached our time. Paulo, anything else you want to say? No, I think Ryan told everything. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Ryan. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wearable Progression. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so on iTunes or SoundCloud. Write us a review on iTunes so that others can find us and share with your friends and family and fellow runners. And until next time, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Wearable Progression Podcast. To learn more about kinematics and how better information can make you a better runner, visit www.kinematics.pt.